Welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. Each week, I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face in business today. I want these 15-minute conversations twice a week to give you some really good insights into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today on Fruitbox, I want to turn to that market outside food retail, to the hospitality, catering and food service sector. I want to try better to understand the challenges that this coronavirus crisis has created for companies operating in fresh fruits and vegetables in this sector. How are they coping with this crisis? What changes have they had to make to their business? And will these changes be here to stay? I'm very pleased to be joined today on Fruitbox by Tony Reynolds. Tony is the Managing Director at Reynolds, a company with annual sales of well over £200 million sterling, which makes it one of the largest companies working in the food service sector here in Britain. Tony, hi, welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Now, Tony, your business has boomed in the last 20 years. Reynolds grew in line with the rapid expansion of the restaurant sector across the UK. Hundreds of thousands of establishments opened throughout the country in this time. In fact, there's scarcely a place that doesn't serve food these days. It's meant that you've moved more avocados than most supermarkets. However, over the last couple of years, there have been some big warning signs in the sector, some high-profile closures, the Jamie Oliver restaurant chain is one that springs to mind. And this has happened because either they expanded too rapidly or they just couldn't keep pace with the changes in the market. Is, is that right? Is that the way you see it? Yes, I, I think Reynolds was very fortunate to benefit from the rapid expansion of restaurant chains, particularly over the last 20 odd years and we benefited from humble beginnings in in London Spitterfields market and being able to create uh, a national network of 14 depots serving these uh, restaurant chains hotel chains pub chains and various other out of home companies and we experienced prior to the latest pandemic um, indicators, uh, as you've rightly quoted, that things were overheating. And we did believe that there was going to be some unfortunate casualties, particularly in the high street. And this is not just with food, but obviously there were other retail businesses that were beginning to fall by the wayside as a consequence of people's changing habits on how they purchase products, but also how people wanted to experience and interact through different types of uh, social engagement. So, you know, we have had an opportunity to, to see that change in marketplace, but as we all know now, no one was quite prepared for the, uh, the next phase of the, uh, the Reynolds journey. Yeah, well, as you said, you, were, you had kind of inklings that things were, were changing. But then all of a sudden this coronavirus crisis comes. And, you know, like you, I was sitting in front of the TV and our Prime Minister Boris Johnson tells us all in front of that famous black door that it's best not that we go out to a restaurant or to a pub or a cafe. It's best to stay at home. And literally overnight, the sector that you supply closes down. 
What's going through your mind when you heard that? And what happened in those first few days and weeks to your business? Okay, so the actual official date of the government shutdown for pubs and restaurants was the 20th of March. And like you, Chris, I was watching the 5pm updates. And yes, a few days prior, there were the recommendations, but then we had the final hammer blow. And it, and it was literally a shock. It just sort of hit you. And I suppose immediately, you know, as a family business, well, I'm third generation greengrocer, but there's fourth generation in the business now with my two sons, Tom and Nick. We had to go into resilience mode. And I think straight away, you know, we had to find out because literally we had trucks loaded with produce going all over the UK at that time of evening, going into our customers. And therefore, we had a huge stock holding that normally carries us over for sort of 24 to 48 hours. But that suddenly didn't have a home. So there was an immediate requirement to find somewhere for that to go. But don't forget, we're ordering a lot of product from far away corners of the world. So we would have had various containers of avocados and bananas and all sorts of other products en route to us, sometimes three weeks away. So it wasn't just that initial phase of trying to find a home for that product, but the consequence days and weeks have also been quite challenging, although I think it took us about 14 days to really get to the bottom of how our stock was going to be saved to some degree or the other. And, and I think that was the initial first part of the process for Reynolds. Mm. Now, as the owner of the business, clearly you sit there and you, you have to react. You have to come up with ideas to kind of manage this and then also mm. to change your business and to do so extremely quickly. And, and you've seen some opportunities very quickly. I, I remember seeing your video on, on your Twitter feed where you kind of were appealing for help to get food to people who were at the front line of this fight against the coronavirus. And there I'm talking, of course, to the, to the doctors and the nurses and all the other people who work in our national health service here in the UK. Tell, yeah. tell me what happened, Tony. Okay, so we obviously had a lot of fresh produce that we needed to find a home for because 95% of that product didn't have a home anymore because of the shutdown. So, you know, I've always been taught with fresh produce, uh, if you don't sell it, you smell it eventually. So we, we had to find somewhere and that appeal went out on Sunday, the 22nd of March, because we didn't want to waste it. So charities and various other options became available we've already got uh, a network of charity and um, companies that uh, require product for feeding people that don't have access to fresh produce or don't have um, income support etc so we had that network we also introduced others and also we started very quickly a click and collect service, which we give to NHS workers and any frontline operatives. So for us, for a couple of weeks, it was really about how can we give this product away so it doesn't go in the the food compactor. And, um, you know, that worked very, very well. We used all our social media platforms, etc. And that went well. But then we had to start to think a bit further ahead. And we did see that there was a a number of opportunities with a home delivery service. 
as a consequence, really, of, of people beginning to recognise that they needed to find a way to get food into their homes. The traditional retail platforms were obviously struggling with a huge, huge demand, and social distancing was being implemented in the normal retail format. So I think psychologically as well, people didn't want to go out. They, they just were, were, were scared and, and worried and, and they, they, they needed to find a way to get food and particularly fresh ingredients into their households. So we sort of started this very, very basically, but we're pushing at an open door. And, um, and, and to this day, we continue to operate that service, which has been very successful. Now, we're, we're talking here at the, at the end of April, um, and the UK government has extended this lockdown until kind of the middle of May. And there's now talk of a slow reopening after that. Now, things I don't think, and I'm sure you agree, aren't going to go back to where they were. What's this new normal going to look like, do you think? Well, I think it's going to be a lot, lot different, particularly in the hospitality industry. As we know, prior to that, there was a lot of companies struggling. Um, I think because of what has happened in the last six weeks, that ability to recover from this is probably going to be to the detriment of a number of, uh, of operators. Um, I'm sad to say. So you think more, some more companies will go under? Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very difficult because to a degree they were struggling prior to the actual shutdown. So this is just going to cause more of a, an issue in funding. But I think what we've seen already is a number of operators, particularly in the traditional casual dining sector, adopt home delivery platforms. So with the likes of Deliveroo and Uber Eats, they've been able to access a home market. And again, we've seen some very successful operators uh, adapting that model. And I think as we come out of it, Chris, there's going to be room for more growth in that, in that area, definitely. So new companies that come along and realise that they can do deliveries as well. It's not just Deliveroo or Uber Eats. There are other spaces in the market. Well, I think from the fact of, yeah, there's some established brands. There may be one or two others that, that, that ride on the back of this. But I'm talking more from the actual restaurant operators. I think some of them have realised that the traditional front of house operation with tables and chairs, etc., is not going to be the same for the foreseeable future because of social distancing. So to supplement the income... Um, so, for instance, if they've got a 50 cover restaurant and they're going to have to cut that down to 25 covers, you know, where are they going to find that extra 25 people to feed? And, and I think through some cunning social media opportunities, they, they could expand in a different sector. And certainly we're seeing evidence of that here and now. But I think it's, it's different categories of eating out that are going to be affected in all different ways and are are going to be part of the reintroduction of what hopefully is more of a normal world than what we've experienced in recent weeks. But I think it's going to take many, many months and possibly into next year to see anything like we had at the uh, beginning of March. Mm. And what, what does this therefore mean for the future of your business? 
the kind of things you've told me about, you know, your kind of click and collect service, your uh, direct delivery service, uh, your home delivery service, if you will. Is this repositioning, you know, that you've gone through, is it, is it now permanent? Do you think these activities are ones that you're going to be sticking with? I mean, you've also, I know, invested in a green grocery business last year. What's the future for Reynolds as a company? I think for us, Chris, definitely opportunities present themselves with the home delivery. We've picked that up very quickly and it's, it's gone really, really well. And the whole team at Reynolds, um, and that's the extended group as well, because it's not just the fruit and veg business that we've got. We've got a, a meat company called Carnivore. We've got a fish company called Shoal. We've got Solstice, which is our London greengrocer brand. And also we've got a manufacturing and prepared division. So in a way, we can use all of those additional channels to, to get something quite unique in home delivery, particularly in fresh. But I think for us, it's recognising that you need an agility now, like never before. You need a speed of thought. You need to be able to be decisive. And certainly as, a, as an operator, we, we are very much after the initial two weeks of trying to just salvage some of the uh, the stock, etc. We, we've gone into planning mode. And, it, and now for us, it's all about how can we improve as a business while we're in this unprecedented period of shutdown? You know, what can we do now to improve a business that for this year, 2020, we was forecast to be close to a 250 million pound group. Mm. And suddenly 95% of that business went literally overnight. So there's been some very, very deep and meaningful conversations amongst my exec board and my extended members of of the the Reynolds group and we've certainly got our whole mindset into a position of coming out of this a much better company and I think the work that's going on is um, has been you know for me very impressive um, with the development and the time that we've had to look at how we was performing before which wasn't bad we were doing okay but we've now got an opportunity to learn from some of maybe the inefficiencies we had before and come out of this a stronger business for the experience certainly that's really great to hear it sounds as though you've learned huge numbers of lessons during this crisis what kind of advice would you give people listening in well i think lessons learned firstly is for us to embrace things like zoom and microsoft teams has been a game changer. Why? What difference has that made? Well, it's going to cut down on my expense bill, (laughs) first and foremost. Um, You know, we used to spend a lot of time traveling uh, around the UK, but also overseas. I think a lot of that now we can do through the modern video conferencing platforms, without a doubt. And, you know, as as a board, we've we've embraced that. Um, In fact, our board meetings you know, occur now every day mm. and they're done on that format. Mm. So I think for us, it's all about now recognising what is going to change and how we adapt to that change. And we've been able to use this time proactively. And I think now is the time to really see where opportunity presents itself. And, you know, the companies that have that ability to be agile and adapt and change at a pace probably will come out of this whole experience 
you know, a lot better off. And, and certainly Reynolds has got to do that. Has it blunted your appetite for risk, do you think? I think risk, I'm an entrepreneur and therefore I'm always a glass half full. Therefore, you're always looking for something that can give you an edge or can give you some, something better to give your customers or improve any aspect of your business. So I think this unique period in all our lives has, has, has given us all, I'm sure, a lot of time to reflect uh, and ask questions about, you know, what can we do to improve ourselves, but also our businesses and, and, and whatever else in life. So for me, risk is still part of the day-to-day adrenaline. Uh, I think we still want to be in a position where we look at things as an opportunity. And so long as obviously we can, we can justify that in, in some form, we've got to have a go. You know, like I say, it, it, we can't be blasé about the current financial and economic position. We're all going to pay a price for this uh, over the short to medium term. But again, as part of that process, if we can reinvent ourselves, if we can find smarter ways to operate, then that's going to limit some of that, uh, that financial hit. And probably in years to come, will give us something to reflect on to say, actually, yeah, we went a few steps backwards then, but look where we are now. And certainly in my career to date, I've, I've had a few quite severe setbacks, but you know what? You come out of it stronger. And I certainly think that there's a lot of opportunity now for companies to recalibrate their business platform and to, you know, be in a stronger position to come out of this and be able to offer much better service to their customers. That's a very positive uh, note on which to end this conversation. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today on on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line today by Tony Reynolds, Managing Director of Reynolds Catering Services, one of the largest food service companies in the UK. Tony, really great to talk to you. Thank you. You're welcome, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Now, you can find this conversation with Tony and the many others I'm having at Fruitbox via our website, fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on all the podcast platforms. Just search for the word fruit box. We're getting loads of listens since we launched last month. If you want to feature in a future episode of Fruitbox, then why don't you drop me a line, get in touch with me via my email at chris at fruitnet.com. And don't forget to download our new magazine apps for your smartphone or your tablet. We're launching them in April and May. The Fresh Produce Journal, the world's oldest fresh produce magazine at 150 years, came out first. Uh, our new Asia Fruit app, was out last week and Eurofruit is coming out soon too. These apps are specially designed to work on your smartphone and your tablet and have been developed by the same people behind The Economist and other great magazines. So take a look, I'm sure you'll like them. You can find them now to download at Apple's App Store and on Google Play. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>